to Bernier in the middle. Bernier sees Felipe open. Felipe runs. Felipe says the vial. The vial is open. The vial shoots. Oh, right, right. It's up. The woodworks. Good night and welcome to a brand new edition of Above the Woodworks. I am Kevin Laramie and today we have something to celebrate. The Montreal Impact won their first game last Saturday at home at Stad Saputo. Home opener of Stad Saputo, by the way. And they beat the Philadelphia Union 1-0 with a Felipe goal that sounded something like this. Here's Bernier. Let's it rip. It comes free to Felipe. That was a big rebound, and Felipe scores. You know, that all stemmed from there was good Philadelphia pressure. Nagara steps up, pressures the, the Montreal back to playing a bad ball wide. And it was a giveaway by Philip. We win the ball. Philippe wins it, gives it away here in the middle. Someone's got to step to Bernier. It's too much time. With a slick ball, it's it's tough to hold. And I know Zach, like there you see his expression, wish he could have done better with that one. Knows he should have done better with that one. But once we look at Felipe, just runs all the way through. Defender stop. First one on the ball. But that's a gift goal. Yeah. The ball in a lot of ways. And the ball cannot be. Yeah, there's. That's uh, a bunch of errors right there. The yeah. giveaway, the not holding the ball, and then not staying with your runner. As a goalkeeper on a dry field. With his second goal of the season, Felipe! And the game-winning goal for that matter. Well, with that, the Montreal Impact got their first three points of the season. Their first victory. After eight tries, finally done it. Well, it's better than nine, you know. If you remember, Toronto, a couple years ago. Well, we're there. And you know what? We're only five points out of a playoff spot. That's what I meant when I said, don't panic, people. We're not far. It's only five points behind the playoff spot now. We have a bye week. Then we'll have a good week coming after. So we'll have Kansas City. Before that, we have something that we'll talk about on this show today, too. The Warriors Cup has started. Edmonton and Ottawa after an omen away series. Well... Edmonton won, th it was a nil-nil for the first game in Ottawa. And then, 3-1 at Clark Stadium for the Yetis. And the Yetis are moving on. So after the first break, we'll talk about the Voyager's Cup. We'll have the actual game highlights on the audio. We'll have that. And so Montreal will travel to Edmonton this Wednesday, May 7th, to play their uh, away, it's an away and home series. And the winner of those games will move on to play the winner of Vancouver and Toronto, which happens at the same time. So, this Wednesday, we have Montreal and Edmonton. That's the next game for Frank Klopas boys. It'll be Wednesday night. And then we have Saturday, Kansas City, the defending reigning champion of the league. That's been looking pretty good lately. So, today on the show, we'll talk about that later on. And you know what? Last Monday, I went to a documentary presentation about Les Québécois, uh, Quebec's national soccer selection, and some good news, uh, some news actually, I don't know if it's good yet, we'll talk about that, I have news, and I have the intro of the movie as well, so we'll, we'll hear the audio 
of it's actually all the players from that team who participated last summer in Marseille, the south of France, to a off FIFA soccer tournament, and it's a documentary that uh, it's like a road diary type of sort of a documentary that talks about their journey and more so all talks about the player. And the one thing I really loved about the team and all the players is diversity, all the different backgrounds of all the different players from basically all over the world, and a lot of them are born here, but it's. That's what it's all about. That's what I love about sports. Brings different cultures, different people, all under one banner of being from the, being here. Doesn't matter where you're from. You're here now. And you've been part of this society and this culture. And you're a Quebecois. And that's what I love about this great documentary. And we'll have that later on on the show as well. But first of all, we'll give to Caesar what Caesar deserves. Montreal Impact. For one, their first game. Montreal Impact. The Montreal Impact. Three points, baby. Yep, Felipe scored in 15 minutes. It was a great play. And I have to say, Captain Bernier made me eat my words. I was one of the... I was openly saying that uh, the coach was managing the team as he says, as he sees fit. And you know what? Sometimes you need to put players uh, that are loved by the public, that really got over, and you need to put them on the bench sometime. And you know what? I... Uh, he got that fire back in him. The eye of the tiger, you could say, using Rocky terms. And we saw that on the pitch of the Sepulta this Saturday. The way he played was reminiscent of the Bernier of the better years, of the last years. It was great to see him back. Uh, playing great uh, defensively, offensively. Eyes open. On, you know that Bernier stutter step? Not just the penalty, but the way he handles himself on the pitch to... He's intimidating. He's like a mix between Rivas and DeVaio. That type of, you know, just the, the way he postures himself, the way he handles himself on the pitch, the way he flows his movement. I just love him. And it's so distinctive. Even when you play on FIFA with the impact, his movement is distinctive from the other one. And that's what I love. And that's what the impact needed last Saturday. And you know what? It worked. Montreal won nothing. And the one thing I'm really impressed and really happy about is not that we scored a goal. is that we did not concede one. Troy Perkins has been going out of his mind since the beginning of the season, but because of uh, one second lapses by the defense, cost a goal that he couldn't do nothing about. That happened all season long. Well, it did not happen last Saturday. Perkins is doing a great job as a keeper. Y'all got to know that. doesn't matter if we lose 3-1. Sometimes it could have been 10-1 if it wasn't for him. I got that New York game in mind. It wasn't his fault, none of that. It's not his fault. He does a great job and he's tough as nails. Got a headshot a couple times this season. It happened a lot of times last season as well. And he's still there. Tough as nail. He's our Iron Man. I don't know if he's actually statistically wise or our real Iron Man, but I love Perkins the way he plays. And we all know we have a great keeper in Evan Bushwick. We'll probably see him this Wednesday in Edmonton. It's going to be a tough game and that's a long travel. I really want it to be Ottawa because it's a short travel. Now we have to almost cross the whole country to go play for a game that, you know what, it doesn't matter this year. I don't want the Impact to win the Canadian Championship because that's what derailed our whole season last year. The fact that we have more games to play in the CCL after that Canadian Championship. Sure, we don't want to lose 6 nothing anywhere. We want to compete. And it's time to give players that don't have a lot of time, give them some playing time. That's where to do it. But we'll talk about that later. Enough about the Amway Canadian Championship for now. Back for the three points. Well, I just want to talk about the one thing. Uh, people were clamoring all season long that, oh, it's so hard this season. 
Montreal Impact are already gone. This season, like, from the drain. We're not going to bottom. We're bottom dwellers. It, it doesn't mean anything now. After one victory and three draws, we're not even last in our own conference anymore. The Firecrackers have the same amount of points, but have one game played more. So they're 10th and we're 9th. And with that, we're only 5 points away from the New York Rebels, which are 5th. And we're only 3 points away from Toronto. And 2 points away from Philly and Houston, 7 and 8 or so. We saw the light at the end of the tunnel. We finally know what to look for. And we finally know that we can win a game and not concede a goal. That was the whole point of the game for me, was to not concede. Because that's the one thing where we had trouble all season long. And with that said, we'll take a small break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Voyager's Cup and Faris. It's safe and so bright you can walk late at night with your family. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I am so sorry for that song, but it was so cheesy. I had to put it in the show. And you know what? When you have a song about your city, an actual anthem, I have to put it. So welcome back to How It Works. We'll talk the Voyager's Cup, the first playing round or whatever, the first round or the playing round. Call it whatever you may like. Well, the first round is done. And the Eddies from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The Edmonton beat the Furries. 3-2-1 on aggregate. It was the 0, zero first game. Alright, sorry. Sorry about that. So yeah, it was 0 after first game. And 3-1 aggregate. It was a great game. They got a console prize. And with that, without further ado, let's just listen to the highlights of that game. Well, here's that first uh, spark of excellence. That move from Jonky there to get in the ball. And he takes over from there. And then you see Bolokai, picture-perfect pass. Therefore, that's the great late run. And early in the second half, a bad ball from Mitchell Ryan to Omar Jaroon. Jaroon doesn't, doesn't handle it. Good work by Gorick, but the ball goes back to Bolokai. And one, one turn, one touch, it's in the goal. And uh, this is where you felt it just caving in for the Ottawa Fury. Mark Dos Santos wanted a good start to the second half. He didn't get it. And from then on, Edmonton was brimming with confidence. And then here again, Boakai taking on Jeroen again, who's not had the best game today for Ottawa, and then squaring it to Fordyce for the goal. And Fordyce curls it really nicely inside the post. And at the end, Ottawa rewarded for their efforts in this game. A lot of pressure in the first half, and they never gave up. And it's a well-worked finish into the bottom quarter to give them a consolation goal. Yeah, Vinny Dantas with the side, with a, off, off the side of his foot, slides into the corner. Well-worked finish. Ottawa had a lot of pressure early in the game. May, may have deserved the goal before at this, this point. 
but uh, again, as a whole, they didn't have an answer for Boakai. He was the wild card in this game that, that turned this match in Edmonton's favor. So it must be a big disappointment for the Ottawa Fury that they won't be able to come play where their coach used to coach. The Stade Saputo in Montreal, no! They'll just continue playing in the NASL season, and it's been a tough beginning of the season for the Fury. If it wasn't for their 4 nothing win last week, they'd still had nothing. Well, it's a growing team. It's an expansion team, and even though they have a seasoned coach, veteran coach, even though he's pretty young, I have to say... Everybody in Montreal still likes. Pretty much every supporter in Montreal still has a small place in their heart. It's not that small. They have a place in their heart. For Mark Dos Santos, they always felt that he got an injustice the way things ended. Well, a lot of them have actually traveled to Ottawa to watch the, the Fury play. And it's good. It's good for competition in the market. It's good for... The more team, the more supporters, the more supporters, the more people are spreading the word. It means more people are listening and more people are watching. And that's what we all want. The growth of the sport in the world and in Canada, especially in the greater region of the Quebec-Windsor region, the channel, or whatever you want to call it. That. So, it's great. But if you re, we'll make it to Montreal, for that matter. Montreal will have to make it to Edmonton. And that Balakai dude seems to be really dangerous. Edmonton had two 17-year-olds playing in that game, which is crazy. Let me just give you a little rundown of what happened. The Eddie's coach was really, really proud. And he said, uh, just after the game, let me get you the exact quote. Let me just get you that quote. It was great the way he said it. He's like, I'm delighted with the result. That's Colin Miller. Coach of FC Edmonton and former coach of Canada's men's national team. Well, Colin Miller, after the game in Edmonton at Clark's Stadium, I'm delighted with the result. With missing six first-team players and starting two 17-year-olds, how could I not be delighted with the result? We have a busy week ahead of us, but tonight I am very happy. That's what Colin Miller said two days ago, uh, two nights ago. So, I actually have a feeling Edmonton could pull off an upset, probably the biggest upset in the Warriors Cup history, and make it to the final. I don't know, but they'll make it out of Edmonton on their way to Montreal with the result. So you heard it first, people, right here on Out the Woodworks. Uh, number 68. Show number 68. The Montreal Impact might either tie or lose at Clark Stadium. I would not be surprised. Playing on the gridiron is not that easy. It's really disconcerting. It's going to be quite a, quite a challenge for Montreal to play a lower division side. I don't want to say weaker side because we don't know that. We literally don't know if it's a weaker side. Uh, a team with heart and with nothing to lose can be really dangerous. But it can always turn out like the Great White Hype. Remember that movie with Damon Wayans as a champion of boxing? And yeah, like this one dude is like oh, the whole way through the movie. They're hyping that he might have a chance to win. And then the champion doesn't train, doesn't 
watch what he eats and he has like 57 some pounds and he's huge and they're like oh he's got a chance and it's a big big hype and champions win in like 10 seconds that's what I feel it might be but you know what it might not be it might be great might be a great game and I'm actually looking forward to watch that that game in Edmonton this Wednesday it's gonna be great and you know what I'm let's get together uh, give me a tweet or something at Out the Woodworks or on Facebook, facebook.com slash off the woodworks. Let's go watch the game together. Let's go out to Frappe or to Champs. Where would you like? It's usually my hangout spot when I go watch games outside in my home, outside of the studio. It would be great to uh, see that game, but I have bad feeling, to be honest. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Edmonton might beat Montreal. And it wouldn't bother me. Montreal losing, it would be great. It would be a shocker in the short term. But in the long term, it's a blessing in disguise because we would be able to concentrate or put our focus 100% on MLS. And then next year, there won't even be a Canadian championship because it's like a transition year between then and the brand new format expecting for uh, supposedly 2016. It's all in the plans, it's all in the works. We'll see what happens with that. Maybe a more open type of tournament like the U.S. Open Cup or the Cup, the FA Cup. Or maybe that type of tournament. But for now, it's that tournament. Then the result of the season of everybody's leagues. And we'll see after that. But for now, it's the last way we can win the championship for now. But I don't want Montreal to win it. Because that's what derailed their season. Last year, like I've said many times on the Two Solid Dudes podcast. Subscribe and listen on iTunes, by the way. Or on Out the Woodworks. That's what really hindered us last year. What I'll keep saying it, us. Like I'm involved. You know, sorry about that. I keep always saying that like I'm involved. Oh, it's, yeah, it's me, you know. That's what happens. Life. So, that's what ended the Montreal Impact last year. Was the fact they had more games to play because of the CCL. And especially before that, the American Championship. Which was a great feeling. Don't get me wrong. I jumped off my seat when I saw Asun Kamara tied in like the 87th minute in Vancouver. And then running on the pitch, waving his arm. Right in front of the Je me souviens banner of the Southsiders. That was priceless. I still have goosebumps talking about it. It doesn't... Don't get me wrong. It would be a great thing to happen. And probably one of the only trophies we'll have to... The Montreal Impact will have to lift this season. But... If I had to choose, I will use that to give people experience, but focus and tr- and hope that we don't win that championship. Really hope so. Just put people to get playing time, and thankfully, you don't win it. And you know what? Give Vancouver a shot, or give Edmonton a shot for that matter, at a CCL. We all know we won't get past Mexico anyways. But speaking of, uh, of a lower team playing a higher team it's tricky and a couple of players in a Montreal Impact lineup did that before players such as Marco De Valle back in his Serie A with Bologna days well Bologna not even Bologna but many clubs that he played for Lazio for Bologna so for them playing in Serie A Serie A Serie A they always had to play against Serie B team in uh the Coppa, Coppa Italia, and all those outside the league competitions they have in Italy. And Devaya is always like, it's not an easy game. 
we're not lucky this year. We have to make a longer trip, but that's life. And it's a hell of a longer trip, to be honest. You have to cross Ontario. I hope they don't do it by bus, and we all know they won't do it. <laughs> you crazy? No. You're not going to take three days to go to Edmonton by bus. No. Make Edmonton come by bus, though. Chance for us to win it. For us again. Here, you see me here? That's what happens when I'm doing a late night podcast. That's what happens when life gets in the way and you're too busy and you have to do your shows at night. You blabber and you talk for no damn reason. So, yeah, doesn't matter. You get it unfiltered this week. The uncensored version of Off the Woodworks, for that matter. Damn. Well, it's not an easy game and it's always tricky for them. But for the most important thing for Devayo is to create chances and be dangerous during the game. And he's not worried. And he shouldn't be worried because he won't even play in Edmonton. If it was up to me, he would not even travel. Leave Bernier, Felipe, Devayo. Leave him at home. Give McInerney a start by himself to see what he can do against the lower division side. And just light the scoreboard up, uh, McInerney. Happy Jack? Make Edmonton not such a hospital place. Well, they say they're such have uh, such a great hospitality They'll probably take the Goldie out of the way. If that matters, I see him make an Ernie hat trick. But probably not. I stick with my prediction of Edmonton doing like they did with the freeze and winning at home. And then it's going to be up to the Saputo. All right. Stop the blabbering. Take a small break. And right after the break, we will have the intro of the movie, Les Québécois. It's a documentary that's been presented and unveiled last Monday at the Bitsy Midley. It was a great event. Uh, all who's who of the podcast, soccer, media, superfan supporters were there. Local cast were there as well, which their song is part of the intro. Uh, intro. It's La Memoire, which fits the way it is. Anyway, we'll have a, the bumper. And when we come back with the bumper, we will have... Les Québécois and I talk about Les Québécois. You're listening to Off the Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Laramé, you can do it by email, off the woodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off the Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Off the Woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, everywhere you like. You can get this podcast. Now back to the show. Alex Surprenant, je suis, je suis d'origine de Saint-Alexandre. Moi, je suis né à Montréal. Mes, mes deux parents sont d'origine d'Haïti. Moi, je m'appelle Denis Provo. Euh, je suis gardien de but. Euh, je me suis à 6 pieds 5. C'est vrai qu'il arrive en fait 22 ans. Fabrice Lasson, je suis né à la ville de la Salle, dans la région de Montréal. J'ai grandi au Mont-Saint-Jean-Paul. Gabriel Moreau, je viens de Saint-Hyacinthe et j'ai 25 ans. Mon nom c'est Dzurnik Jean, je vais juste rectifier à tout le monde, c'est pas Jean Dzurnik. Kevin Cossette, 23 ans, originaire de Saint-Hyacinthe. Je m'appelle Nicolas Lassinage, je vous salue. Je suis né euh, à Libreville au Gabon, donc c'est en Afrique. Et je travaille à Trois-Rivières à l'âge de 10 ans. Euh, moi je m'appelle Kevin Chan-Litin, Vincent Cournoyer, gardien de but. Présentement je joue pour le Seigneur 3 du Royal Siècle de Beauport, en première division à Ligue Elite. Mon nom c'est Steven Metterissan. Euh, moi, je suis né à Houston, au Texas. Euh, j'ai 20 ans. Euh, je suis arménien, canadien aussi. Généralement, je suis de la Chine. 
Originairement, mais mes parents et mes grands-parents, j'ai des générations à l'île Maurice, en Afrique du Sud. Euh, mais moi, je suis né au Québec, à Montréal. Je suis en originaire de la Côte d'Ivoire, né en Côte d'Ivoire à Abidjan. Euh, j'ai migré au Québec en décembre 1998. Bonjour, euh, je m'appelle Reda Gouran. Tom, Tom Lucas. I'm a um, physiotherapist and uh, also player for les Québécois. Je suis genre de soccer, attaquant. Euh, je suis né au Maroc, je suis, euh, je suis allé au, au Canada à l'âge de 11 ans avec toute ma famille. Euh, ce qui co coordonne bien avec euh, la chanson euh, des Locos Locas, qui dit que ma grand-mère vient des Imorines. Ben, effectivement, mes deux grand-mères viennent des Imorines. <rire> ce qui est cool. So for those who all don't speak French, uh, basically each player introduces themselves and that's about it. And they make a joke because there's a local local song in French that says that uh, my grandparents are from Il Marius. Well, he says my actual grandparents are from Il Marius, so that's cool. So that's about it. But it's a great documentary. It'll... It'll make the rounds around Quebec, so if you hear about it close to your region, close to your place, close to your city, go watch that movie. It's worth it. And there was a big news announced in the, in the, the press event this Monday, press event, in the unveiling of the documentary this Monday at Le Petit Medley, there was an announcement that was saying that Les Québécois, which was a off FIFA, which means that was not federated, not sanctioned by any governing body whatsoever, they reached out before of the Soccer Federation, Quebec Soccer Federation, and they had a, like, we should say that they would just both acknowledge their situation and their uh, existence, but they agreed to look into the future, maybe doing business together, and the future has arrived. Les Québécois have joined the ranks of La Fédération des Soccer du Québec, and we'll see from now on, they'll play games against other national teams. Uh, maybe Canada, maybe U.S., probably not U.S., but against other national team, probably other province as well. It's the first province in Canada in any sport to have a, at almost a professional level, at that high level, a professional team. It's somewhat probably going to tell me, but it doesn't matter. It's a great way. It's a great start. It's a great idea that came to fruition in the last couple of years. It all started with Yannick Saint-Germain's idea of Les Québécois, and they played the Marseille tournament uh, last year, which uh, was a great tournament to see. They played against Tibet, Kurdistan, and nations and people. It was a tournament of cultures and nations and people. So it was a alright tournament. It was a, like, they won the game 21 nothing, just to let you know. So the quality, the caliber was very different between every single team. They won a the game 3-1, and they won 21 nothing. So you see the type of a game it was, but going back to the documentary, go watch it. Going back to the project of Le Québécois, now it's federated, it's sanctioned by La Fédération du Soccer du Québec since this week, actually. It was announced on Monday, so they won't be able to participate in the World Cup CONIFA, which is a World Cup of basically every nations or people that want a team, like uh, Catalonia. Catalonia is a team, what it is in CONIFA. And uh, I don't know if all the real players that like the the players like Puyol who play a couple of games before. There's always one gala 
game every couple of years for Catalonia. They play at the new camp and they usually play another team. Nobody. It's like the Arlen Globetrotters. They always play the generals with that type of game. But it does exist. And that's the type of project that Les Quebecois have. And it's not out of the realm of possible things to happen eventually for Quebec, Les Quebecois to play against Catalonia or against a, you never know, against France or whatever. Those doors are not open being federated. But the real idea of that project was almost to be off FIFA, to be honest. It was almost to be a rebel and to go outside of the known soccer world. It's a different type of game because, like, people have to agree on the rules and stuff like that. It's not like we're used to. But it was different and it had a certain vibe. And now being federated and sanctioned, there's a lot of things they can and they can do. Uh, there's a lot of things that they don't really have an outlet to play now. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid it's going to kill the actual uh, sport part of it. The competitive part of it. That's what I'm afraid of. It's going to... What's their option? What's the... Okay, maybe they can, at the highest, try to go to, like, uh, the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Like Martinique is doing. Like countries like that are doing the Gold Cup because... They can't go to higher level. That's the highest you can be as a nation in FIFA in a continental area. Like a Martinique or all those French, uh, not territories, but those French, uh, yeah, territories, whatever. Those uh, French, uh, former French colonies in the South that have those type of agreement and always play for in the CONCACAF, but then for the world stages, their best players go play for France. A lot of great players have been drafted from those type of deals. And that's probably in the realm of possibilities. So hopefully that in the long run is the goal to get Les Québécois or the soccer selection of Quebec or Quebec's national team. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to dub it, it's fine with me. But Les Québécois seems, seems good. So hopefully that's the level of competitiveness that we can achieve. Can you imagine? Those would be great. We play actual USA and team like that. Mexico will get our ass kicked, but it doesn't matter. That's how you learn. In the long run, it will be great for development and for just sheer excitement of seeing uh, Le Québécois and maybe on the CONCACAF stage. But that is a far cry from happening. It's very far from now. It's uh, still an idea, but that's what I'm going for. It. That's what I see possible. Either that or it kills the project. So you either go for broke or you go broke. Good luck to Les Québécois. Renaud Lefebvre, director of the movie, who was an actual player, who scored a goal against Tibet. He actually, uh, Patrick Leduc, the coach, coach slash player, the Reggie Dunlop of Les Québécois. He made Renaud Lefebvre play. Renaud Lefebvre was the actual director of the movie, the cameraman. He was the guy with the, the camera. And as he was saying in the intro of the movie before he actually started playing the movie this Monday it was in the beginning people were always like he was walking in the room with the camera people go stop talking everybody was going quiet and eventually had he probably gained respect in a locker room and as people got used to the camera and as we all know what happens when there's a camera after a certain time people forget the cameras there and start acting like themselves and that's what we caught on camera that's what the movie's all about in the movie, before I saw the movie, 
that team did not get to me because I did not understand the level of competitiveness or just I needed to see the players in action to actually get a feeling for the team, basically. And when I saw that, when I saw those players play on those uh, pitches down in Marseille, it was a great sight to see, first of all. Not a lot of fans. Not a lot at all. You could probably a lot more players than fans, but still that tournament in 2013, in summer 2013, in Marseille, was still, when I saw the players play, with the fleur de with the blue jersey, and given all they had, that's what I saw on the pitch. They really gave all they had. And when they were playing their first game on June 24th, National Day for Quebec, Saint-Jean-Baptiste, great day, always, beer drinking day, you're going to say, but it doesn't matter. It's a great day through the ages, and it, yes, it's an old pagan uh, uh, festivity. Still, Saint-Jean-Baptiste, when you saw them go out there, proud to play, proud to represent their province, Proud to represent their people. That's what they were saying. They were representing the people. They were proud. And that gave me goosebump. And that's where they got me. And I'll, sur- I'll support the Quebecois. Whatever they need. Whatever we can do. We'll talk about all their games that we'll have. They got me at that movie. So if you have a chance to see that movie. Get to your local bar or whatever that's going to show it, get informed, look for it on Fédération Soccer du Québec website. They're going to talk about it. Go see that movie. Eventually, it's going to be known and it's going to be great. And eventually, like I was talking about, Le Québécois will play at the CONCACAF level. That's the highest level they can play. They cannot compete with Canada in the higher level. They will be impeding himself. But even though there's still a uh, it would need a lot of rule changes to apply that because there's still some uh, rules blocking that idea. It still need to be like uh, a lot of things need to be worked out for that to happen. But you never know. You never know. Who would have thought that we had a player like Devaio 20 years ago? Nobody. So now, you never know. Sky's a limit. You never know what to happen. Yeah, sky's not a limit. There's always a limit. Continental level is the limit. And even that, we need to go play. Just Basically, it would only be exhibition games. And that's what we'll finish with that thought. Before, it was when it was off FIFA, there was legitimate tournament with legitimate trophies. And I feel that being sanctioned now, it would only be exhibition. And for the sake of the players, and when you put your fleur de or your logo, whatever represents your country or your nation or your people, doesn't matter when you put it on. You don't want it to be just for exhibition. You want to compete and to actually give your best to represent your country and your people. Whatever the language, whatever nationality, whatever uh, religion, whatever color, whatever anything. When you put those type of jerseys on, you want to give it your all. And you want to give it on a legitimate competitive level. Not always exhibition. So I hope that it's not going to be only exhibition. And on that thought... I'm going to let you go, and I'll talk to you early this week. We'll have a special show. I'll try to get Edmonton people on the show to preview the Voyager's Cup first round, in quotes, the Montreal Impact versus the FC Edmonton. And on that note, I am Kevin Laramie, and have a great soccer.